Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we're traveling to a galaxy far, far away to discuss Sir Ridley Scott's Prometheus, which seeks to answer the ageless questions of where did we come from? What is our purpose? And apparently the answer to both those questions are, fuck you, old man. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back, loyal listener. This is our 194th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we continue our Hops and Xenomorph Flops series with 2012's Prometheus. I am Bling Blake, and I will be your host for the evening. Along with me tonight for this off-world exploration are the punk rock geologist slash mercenary, Chumpzilla. The map guys get lost. That would be my one-liner, but I'm burning it now. The map guys get lost. Well, you can, keep, you can keep saying that in third person, Chumpy, but that man is in fact you. Uh. We are also... <laughs> We are also joined by the astrobiologist with no discernible respect or fear for sentient species, Captain Cash. Hey, hey, hey. Let those among us who have not stuck their face directly into a giant cobra penis's face throw the first stone. You've all done it. I mean, it it was winking at me. Could I not? It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Majestic. You know what? I know it. Mm-hmm. We all did it. It's just nature, man. Sure. We also have the mission commander who's got a bone to pick with just about everyone, the Thunderous Wizard. Listen, I, I only organized this mission so all these morons would die. And yes, I'm going to spike Captain Cash's drink with some black goo before it's all said and done. Listen, if anybody has a bone to pick with everybody, it's me because fuck you guys for making me watch this again. I hate hey. this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get to that. Ah. And making his much-anticipated return to the pod, the dashing pilot with a heart of gold, Mayor McCheese. Yeah, I'll have to say, I, I'm kind of sorry, guys. I uh, I got into a little bit of trouble, and the High Master decided that I had to narfle the Garthok. So had my hands full with that for a while. Did you, oh. in fact, narfle the Garthok, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, me know. and Beldar both got him. Got him. Hey, we all got to make a living. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, everybody has to narfle the Garthok. Got to pay that rent. Now, points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. And you can find Wobam Entertainment at W O B A M E N T on Twitter. Prometheus is currently available to stream for free on Hulu. And according to some members of this podcast, that is all it is worth. Absolutely nothing. I disagree. I should be paid to watch this. Jesus Christ, I want those two hours of my life back. Look, 
until that Tubi money rolls in, none of us are getting paid to watch movies, and you know it. We're all just waiting on that Tubi money. Well, Those Tubi books. I'm not taking anything from you after you made us watch that horrific Christmas movie like two years ago. What, are you still mad about It's a Wonderful Life? I was oh, going to no, say. That, that one sucks as well. This is the Fantasyland whoa, one. Whoa. This, this oh. is the Fantasyland one. Oh, Nutcracker yeah. in the Four, in the four realms. realms. Oh, my God. You know what? That that, you're something. right. That's on me. My bad. Sorry. Until the oh. day I die, I'm going to hold a grudge for having to watch that pile of shit. Kira oh. Knightley eats her own hair. <laughs> All Just right, like boys. in my dreams. Lock like, it up. <laughs> We've got a long way to go tonight. Let's get this thing back on the rails. And speaking of getting railed, let's talk beer. Mayor McCheese has our beer for the evening. Why don't you talk us through this bad boy? Yeah, so since I essentially forced Prometheus down everyone's throat just to spite Captain Cash. Like a out, penis snake. Like, Wait, like a very mature adolescent penis snake. Um, I went out and tried to find some star or uh, space-related beers found a couple the the first is celestial paradox by toppling goliath i had those yesterday drank them all during the neighborhood barbecue i'm not like uh chumzilla i'm not going to give it a, a weird rating i'd say three and a half out of five maybe one and a half movies the other one which i'm currently drinking is north highs inherit the stars not as good it is eight percent abv so captain cash approved uh maybe worse. one movie but Ooh. if I had to pick between the two, go for the tall boys of Celestial. Um, apparently, it's a combination of like three different beer brewers out in Iowa. It gets high rankings online, but uh, eh, it wasn't. It's not going to knock my socks off. I think I'm what's now going ABV? to a. What's that? What's the ABV on that one? Seven point nine. So mm. also, it okay. also carries its weight. Uh, you can drink four of them at a neighborhood barbecue, put your kids to bed, and then immediately fall asleep directly after your children. <laughs> no, that's just what you do after drinking. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, on top of the other like ten Miller Lights. <laughs> well, nonetheless, we're thrilled you're here and still awake. So let's keep this thing moving so we can keep you uh, upright till the end, Dick. <laughs> Prometheus is directed by the OG alien director, Sir Ridley Scott. Sir, he's, he's a, a sir. Yes. Wow. How about them apples? You know why he was knighted? Gladiator. Motherfucker, you Prometheus. Prometheus. Get on yeah. that knee. Mm-hmm. Let's go. The queen I'm... actually saw this movie and she's like, oh shit, get him in here. She Let's asked get... him, she's like, Sir Ridley, where did I come from? He's like, watch covenant to never figure that out you will never know (laughs) you will never know the answer also your son is a fucking twat i don't think they say twat it's more about a a long aid like a coat (laughs) prometheus was written by john spates uh who did the recent dune movies and david lindelhoff who you might remember from a little television program called lost yeah hey i like that show foreshadowing for this movie go on weird their script was heavily influenced by earlier scripts for other alien properties written by dan o'bannon and ronald shusett shusett anybody have a anybody have a, have a ruling on that shusett because it's well, harder to say you shuss it up we're gonna keep moving 
Sorry, that was just I was baiting you for that. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna shush it. Sorry. Prometheus has a pretty big cast made up of some objectively good actors. It stars Numi with the dragon tattoo rapace. Logan, not Tom Hardy, Marshall Green. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> Michael Magneto Fassbender. Charlize Monster Theron. Idris the Jin Elba. Oh, don't you do that to Luther. Welcome oh. back to the pod. <laughs> Guy Aldrich Killian Pierce in an uncredited role and a host of other players, many of whom you recognize, including Sean Harris, Rafe Spall, you've got red on you, and Benedict Wong. If anybody knows that you've got red on you line, call it out now. It's Shaun of the Dead. Well done. Thank you, Captain Cash. Super skinny Benedict Wong. Super skinny skinny Benedict Wong. He looks great. Also, for 15 seconds, we get Patrick Wilson in a flashback. We do. We do get a quick Patrick Wilson appearance uh, before he apparently dies of Ebola. Well, yeah. turns out the moon fell on his head. So <laughs> <laughs> The moon true. is a real bastard. It, that's just the facts. Fucking Hi. nuke the moon, though, right? Hi. Would you travel to the moon to look for the origins of mankind if they were made of cheese? I know I would. You know, between the origins of mankind explained as the engineers or the engine or the origins of mankind related to the moon, I'm not sure which is dumber. Hey, if a sentient AI robots roofing your drink, would you still have it? Even if a squid popped out of your vagina? I know I would. Uh, Ooh, that's calamari. C-sectioned. Thank you very much. <laughs> Did we just somehow uh, transfer from a tartar sauce and brown relish? Did yeah. we somehow just transfer from a Will Ferrell into a Bill Cosby? <laughs> I don't know if that <laughs> has ever happened. Same church, different pews. Oh, here we go. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't, don't put that on Will Ferrell. Yeah, Come Will on Ferrell's now. never done anything oh, wrong. Yeah. Different pews. Yeah, don't don't jinx us here. Well, despite the opinions of some members of this pod. Prometheus has received generally favorable reviews. It is certified fresh and sits at a 73% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. There is a slight dip in the audience scores at 68%, which is kind of bucking trends with uh, our Rotten Tomatoes scores. Metacritic gives it a 64 with a user score of 6.8 and all of those ratings generally feel about right to me, and I can see by the grimaces and forced frowns by two members of the pod that we're going to get into this pretty soon. Prometheus was made on a budget of $130 million and brought in over $400 million at the box office, more than tripling its budget. I don't like this movie, but one thing I can say to its credit is you see every penny of that $130 million on the screen. It is a gorgeous movie. A great-looking movie. The special effects are good. The sets are good. You see all of that money. It's actually $120 million because Ridley Scott came out and said that it cost them an extra 10 to shoot it in 3D, and he said it was a waste of time because he wasn't going for a 3D movie. If I'm going to continue to quote Will Ferrell in referencing this, I will say, I pure straight hate you, but damn it if I don't respect you. So it it really does beg the question, 
how is Prometheus even on this pod? Um, and I believe the answer here is, A, we needed four films to make this month work. Two, Captain Cash hates it so much that we were forced to make him watch it again. Fuck yep. all of you. That's it. That's 100% the right answer. It's me. I did it. <laughs> and, Sorry, Cash. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you but so no, much. considering the marketing and whatnot, at this budget, it probably barely broke even. Got That's the reality. Got a sequel. That it got a sequel. Not a, not a flop. I, I'm not even sure you can call it. I mean, it it's, is the, high, it's the highest grossing alien movie. It's not a flop. Yeah, Wait, but a Covenant it, is or Prometheus is? Prometheus. Covenant is a flop because it makes 170 million less than this. Which hey, I told you to send week. me the link. I'll come back next yeah. week after watching that trash yeah. fire. But no, it, it, realistically, this barely broke even. Now, I'm sure it made money on home release, though, because I didn't catch this in theaters. I, I was excited to see this movie because it was heavily promoted. I own it. This is like one of the few films we've done that I actually physically own um, because I was excited to see it. I wanted to buy the Blu-ray. I wanted to see it. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so I, yeah, I'm sure it did okay, but I wouldn't call it a, it, it wasn't like a raging success. I think it got a sequel just on the strength of Ridley Scott being involved, frankly. Knowing T-Dub's track record, he probably bought it twice on accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he probably bought it twice on yeah. purpose because he likes to have the digital copy to carry with him everywhere he goes. Yeah, everywhere. Sense. Yep. I, well, no, the digital copy came with my Blu-ray. Yeah, it was I know how to do insert. Yeah, I always get the the combo pack. Do you, yeah. Do you have like a special Prometheus holster for the thumb drive upon which you keep this movie? Oh yeah. Okay, quick draw Prometheus out. It's right. shaped like uh, Guy Pierce's like shriveled head. Yep. <laughs> shaped like. <laughs> The judge from Nothing But Trouble, Guy Pierce. <laughs> now, uh, the, the film was a slight disappointment in North America, only bringing in 126 million, with the remainder of that coming from the foreign markets. So, I guess that does kind of put it into our wheelhouse. And to your point, Chumzilla, there is we know, and this has been debated at length on this pod, a wide gulf between flop and raging success. Right? You don't just you don't just get out of flop zone and then suddenly become wildly successful, right? So yeah. it's definitely somewhere in the middle there. But yeah, does anybody have anything else to add as to why this is on the podcast? Here, here's the thing I can say. I'll give this movie two compliments. One, I said visually it's great. You see the money. It's a good looking movie. And two, as far as Ridley Scott's films go, it is definitely better than Legend. Sir, that's Sir Ridley yeah, Scott. That's sir, you. sir Ridley Scott. Sir, sir Ridley uh, Scott. Well, first of all, it's definitely on here because we wanted to make Captain Cash rewatch it. Yep. But there, there's also pretty firm agreement that none of us wanted to watch Alien versus Predator Requiem. So no, yeah. <laughs> Truthfully, it's yep. because we're cowards. It's just that's self-preservation fair. at this point. Wait, did okay. the first one make a bunch of money? AVP it got a sequel. Well. Yeah, it did yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Well, this got a sequel, and you hate it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate Alien versus Predator far more than this. Uh, Alien versus Predator has a small, special place in my heart just because of our buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> if you don't care about the franchises and you just watch that movie for dumb fun, it's perfectly entertaining. Uh huh. If you say so. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's well, right there in the tens. Aliens and Predators. It's not terrible. Yeah, you, you know, know what it's going to be, that's for yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. if, if, it's if, in the title. The, if that's where you set the bar 
Okay, that's what it is. You know, well, at least it's, it's not a good. Movie. If you don't have fond memories of Caddyshack, Caddyshack Two is perfectly acceptable. <laughs> we, I mean, we I, snuck I, liquor into the hmm. movie theater for Aliens versus Predator because we knew what we were in for. Yeah, yeah. Keep bragging it, going to the pyramid right there. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of the time my buddy threw up in the middle of Dude, Where's My Car? Because we made tequila sunrises on our way in. Oh, we did oh not know how to mix those. Uh, so. Let me guess, you lost your car after the movie. <laughs> I was not the driver, Dude, thankfully. Sweet. All right. I, let's, let's once again, that. love let's that movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, that brings us to our one sentence descriptions. And I'm going to go first since I played it straight. And I assume all four of you are going to have something funny to add to this. So in Ridley Scott's return to the franchise, Prometheus seeks to explore the origins of both our favorite extraterrestrial and the human race. Mary Cheese, what do you have for us? Yeah. Well, I mean, my uh, intro was my original one-liner, but I guess the second one you could easily do, because we'll talk about it later, is how do you undo a perfectly understandable movie? You leave all the necessary plot points on the cutting room floor. Prometheus! <laughs> Hooray! Thunderous Wizard, what do you have for us? Uh, so just my advice to uber religious people uh, i'm gonna quote chumzilla's favorite movie chunk blower there yeah. is no why good enough yep yeah no i mean that's kind of this movie in a nutshell right? and we're, we're gonna let our haters uh go last and i think we're gonna go in order of hatred which means chumzilla you're up the map guys okay hold on no uh my real <laughs> one-liner is my disappointment in prometheus's failure to be a satisfactory alien prequel is somehow surpassed by my disappointment in the tit dealer ship's spectacularly stupid crew jesus christ i asked for a one sentence not the not the the, the headline of your thesis well there you have it what do you want on your tombstone chumzilla that exactly that <laughs> I didn't know I was coming to a TED talk. Mm-hmm. All right, Captain Cash, why don't you depress us all? This is the Phantom Menace of the Alien franchise. <laughs> I mean, I'd give it Revenge of the Sith. No, no, no. The the original guy came back 15 years later, almost exactly. This is the fant. It, it bears no resemblance to anything else that comes forward. You could basically skip it, and your experience would be the same. This movie's fucking terrible. It's That's- yeah, but it's a better than three and resurrection, like way better. I, I I'll say it's prettier, three, but it's definitely a better alien movie than three. It, is it? Resurrection. Yeah, because you get more new stuff and it tries yeah. to add it, to the it lore. It tries to do something. It tries, yeah. Resurrection stacked up compared to this. That movie looks like like a f- soap opera. That it like it and that movie doesn't look that bad, but this movie yeah. looks incredible. I I will grant you Ridley Scott makes two kinds of movies. Beautiful genre-defining masterpieces and beautiful fucking train wrecks because of studio interference prometheus is the latter i'll watch anything shot in iceland i mean god right i mean this is basically guys i just had a sequel for damned river i just hold on old damned river (laughs) but in iceland this is the damned river of alien movies (laughs) oh come on come on now 
That's it's, way... shot on, it's shot on location. I'm just saying. Oh, here we go with the goddamn location talk. It's also Not... shot in, in Pinewood. So it was shot in space, goddammit. <laughs> How did they get to LV? What it was it? 40 something. No, oh, no it is not there. LV 426. It's whatever other planet. We're at LV 223. We're going to discuss it. All right, let's hit up some plot. Let's go. Uh, well, first, we need our actual IMDb oh, description, yeah. oh. which is following clues to the origin of mankind, a team finds a structure on a distant moon. But they soon realize they are not alone. Dun dun dun. That's no moon. But that's that's it's so dumb because they're going to this moon to meet the creators of mankind, and then they suddenly realize they're not alone. They weren't they weren't trying to be alone. They were trying to be with somebody else. <laughs> they went oh, to yeah. somebody's house. I am and no one was there. <laughs> For all the complaints that you could have about this movie, and we've been listening to Chumpzilla's and Captain Cash's all week. None of them were. Why would they think these people are still around when the artifacts they've discovered all across the globe are thousands of years old, tens of thousands of years old? Yeah, not yeah. one of you raised that point, but you're like, Well, why is the fucking guy trying to pet the dick? <laughs> Just well, saying, that's a little more tactile, but no, to your point, and I have mentioned this, I think one of the flimsier premises of the film is basically its initial concept that they've discovered these like star charts, right? And cave paintings and other ancient, uh, you know, artifacts and whatnot. It's the same pattern, and somehow, like, six or seven dots directs them to an exact location in space. Whatever, let's ignore the science in this movie's weak across the board, so let's not get hung up there. But yeah, to your point, T-dubs, there is an element in the story where they're like, and the stuff's all old because it stops at a certain point. These people stop worshiping these giants that maybe were giving them directions to their home or whatever. It's an invitation. Why? It's a huge leap in logic, not really supported by anything other than than the, the good scientist lady's you know, gut. But it's also implied that it's potentially the death of Jesus that stopped their visitation to earth. That somehow when humanity killed Christ, these people stopped visiting these giants that she's chasing. And it's like, whoa, there's a lot right there. That's heavy. That's loaded. There's a ton going on there. And we just yada yada right past it. Well, the only he way did. I didn't get that because I wasn't actually I trying didn't to dive that Jesus in this movie. Yeah, we need to get into yeah, that What does Jesus because... have to do with any of this, jackass? <laughs> because they, impl- they imply that yeah, at some point these quite a bit of stopped happening. Allegory throughout the film that, honestly, yeah, it's like... Yeah, but don't well, pay why, attention why to that. We're think, here for aliens, yeah. not Jesus. And, and, I agree with you, know, you. And it's like, and they don't do anything with it. They introduce it in the first Jesus. 15 minutes and they never come back. Shaw is like 70-30 sort of religious zealot science to scientist ratio she's there because she thinks like there has to be meaning to life and so it has nothing to do with science she's it's there because she... like she believes that this is that we're going to meet god yeah and and to your point uh mayor good sir they don't explicitly say that it's jesus it's just if you listen to the dates and the wow. description it yeah. lines up it's it's actually yeah. jeebus no. so jeebus yeah yeah to quote, to... to quote Star Trek V, oh, oh, what does God need with a starship? 
Yeah, no, this a, is that, more of a pretty good Shatner. This is more of a Dante's Peak movie for me. It's on. Yeah. It's dumb. I'm uh, in. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. We're going to get into the plot here. Uh, the film opens over a beautiful yet barren landscape, which I think we all immediately recognized as Iceland, probably because we just watched The Northman. Uh, but also that grayish water has that just came off a glacier tint to it, which uh, yeah. I find so appealing. And Nick For as long as that's going to be around. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> as an alien craft departs the landscape, a humanoid alien drinks a liquid beside a river and above a massive waterfall, causing his body to disintegrate. He then collapses into the river, goes over the falls, and we get to see his DNA fall apart and then recombine. So the movie basically opens like damned river, right? 100%. Yeah. Dead body in the river. In the river, yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to sort of interject with scenes that would have should have been kept in the movie that were then altered. So this scene, for example, yes, it's the same scene functionally, but in the deleted scenes, you see that there's several other engineers and this is sort of a ritualistic sacrifice and he's yeah. giving himself to create life and they show that more explicitly after he falls in the water as well. And I don't know if you need the DNA splicing and the the re- and like cr- the creation of the different things. Like they're all populating. It goes from one to two to two to four, whatever. But it is neat to see the other engineers. And, and you sort of get a yeah. better context of he's not just there to, yeah. hey, might as well throw myself down a waterfall. And there's ships there too, right? There's like a yes. ship, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does make it make more sense. But here's where I will defend it. I do like that it opens the movie with a bit of mystery. But it is very, even in the the abbreviated scene, it's very clear that the engineer is doing this. Yeah, this one's not like the most consciously, egregious. you know. But yeah, he's doing it on yes, purpose. Yeah, he's, he's doing, doing it on too... purpose. But yeah, I think it does add some significant context to have the other people there to witness it and all that. And then, but I mean, it's still like you understand like, oh, this is the start of something, right? Yeah. So this it is still kind of works, but like, yeah, it, it definitely, it's, it's the more least, ambiguous in the theatrical. Yeah, cut, it's so. the least egregious example of them cutting things that are like, hey, yeah. what? why? Yeah. So. Yeah, anyway, it's yeah, yeah, great looking scene though. Again, the movie starts off just slapping. My, my only comment is I didn't get a damned river vibe. I got more of a McCheese doing like one more shot of Goldschlager. And then that's the exactly legs, what this is. The legs don't it's work the end of the night. You're like, I'm just going to have one more. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> this, is you know, this is McCheese walking back with a Bruno's pizza. <laughs> like, oh, oh, two. Much for me and Tyson. <laughs> you can't tell me that the black goo is not just an analog for Jägermeister, right? Yeah. It sure looks an awful lot like the Huntmaster. Does that not just return all of us to our primordial forms? I mean, come on. Oh, God. I just got heartburn. So so their master serum was actually Fireball? (laughs) That's what they were tinkering around with? I mean, you pitbull. If you're gonna if you're gonna seed life in a glacial river in Iceland, it might as well be with something that has uh, antifreeze mixed into it, right? That almost tracks logically i'm just saying if you give me enough jägermeister i will totally touch a dick snake just saying vagina yeah i don't think it takes that much jägermeister home all right so fast forward to 2089 and archaeologist shawn holloway discover a cave 
uh, in the Isle of Wight in Scotland with prehistoric drawings. And it turns out that this drawing and the corresponding constellation in it match those discovered around the globe from other cultures disconnected by both distance and time. They interpret these as an invitation, as only one with massive amounts of hubris and an only child complex could, as an invitation from the creators of the human race, which they have dubbed the engineers. And if this theme is interesting to you, you will love ancient aliens on the History Channel. Aliens. Yep. Peter this Wayland. Podcasts are a, a audio medium, so listener, you didn't see all of us on the pod. Just do the hands up aliens yeah. meme. Aliens. Nailed it. Luckily, I have the hair that goes with it. I also um, like how all of the murals are just a giant dude doing this. Also, like point, uh, point doing this pointing. again, <laughs> pointing, pointing. Like at a blackboard. Like he's stars. <laughs> these stars he's, here, stars. These are stars. collection of five. You Come check it them? out. It's gonna be great. The, and, and I paint this like shit on your wall when you get home. No other astrological like markers or anything. It's just like seven dots and a finger pointing at them. Like. That's not how any of this works. There's he, no way they're figuring this out. He's actually doing the dab. So the engineers not only yeah. created life, but they created one of the stupidest celebrations of all time. You know, Cam Newton would like a word. Well, Peter Wayland, Wayland Utani, anyone? The elderly head of the Wayland Corporation funds an ex- expedition aboard the science vessel Prometheus to the distant world, a moon. LV-223. The ship's crew is in stasis while the android David keeps tabs on everything. And we also get a callback that illustrates basketball is the preferred space sport. Which I totally saw that! Alien call back forward from Aliens colon Hoop Dreams. Right up Godzilla's alley. I mean, we've all seen Space Jam. So obviously people in space be playing hoops. You remember the game Jordan versus Bird? Yeah. Alien versus Predator. But how it's a you, hoops game. How do you know how do you know what Jordan versus Bird is? Do you even know who those people are? Do you think that that's like a like, like comic book characters? Which one's the white guy? I mean in the 90s they basically <laughs> were, weren't they? Kind of. More or less. I, I mean so what you're really saying here, Captain Cash is that you're a big fan of Mutant League basketball. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but with explicitly licensed yeah. aliens. Yeah. Bring that back. Whoever owns that. Where's that? I mean, I've brought it up before. Where's the Mutant League football? I, f- I feel like Captain Cash knows Michael Jordan from issue number 1712 of the X-Men, where Michael Jordan visited the X- X-Men mansion. Now I'm going to Google to see if Michael Jordan ever met the X-Men. Oh, he might have. For I sure. Mean, like, all, the all the presidents meet superheroes, except for Trump, because he's a shitbag. So... What I will say, T-Dubs, is that we know Captain Cash definitely has a folder on his hard drive dedicated to Lola Bunny. Meow. Or what would a what would rabbit say? Ribbit? Ribbit? I don't know. It's Easter, so why can they get They say what's up, Doc, first of all. (laughs) They both jump. Same thing. What's up, up, Doc? My dick, Lola. Oh my god! I thought you... uh, 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 oh, no. It's it's the smarmy chuckle that does it, where it, it just it takes it up past uncomfortable. Oh, sorry, Lola, but we don't mean to disparage you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
you know, before I go on to the next part of this, I do, I, I think this was an interesting part of the, the plot, which is that everybody wakes up after this two year space voyage in their sleep pods. And nobody has any idea who the other people are on the ship. Like, didn't they? Or why they're there? Yeah. Didn't they at least like meet them while they were getting on to it? Like, I understand like, you know, corporate secrets. Like, let's keep things like, hey, you're going on a mission. You're going to space. We'll tell you when you get there. Like, that's all fine. But like, didn't you guys like, like shake hands at the we're going to go to sleep for two years meeting? You figure they'd get on the ship and then go into the pods. But who knows? But you also glossed over the fact that David is just a creeper. Just going around reviewing everyone's dreams. Yeah. Watching like your the dreams. Goddamn Android ever. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I got, I, got, I, got, yeah, but... I got two I got two points here. Hold on, T dubs. I gotta get this out of my head right now. There is one thing about the crew and their assembly that does bother me. And yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense. They don't meet before, but I'm willing to kind of hand wave that away, except for this. In this world, with this technology, with interstellar travel. You're telling me there just aren't teams of dedicated scientists that explore planets? Like, you just have to get the, a ragtag bunch of swinging academic dicks together for this mission? Like, it sure seems like in this world of interstellar travel, there are people that explore other planets and that you should be able to contract or now, subcontract people that do that. Now, this is pretty obvious. It's written within the movie. The reason he collects these people and keeps everybody in the dark, aside from Shaw and Holloway, is because he very explicitly doesn't want to know, doesn't want people to know what he's doing. Well, and yeah, but, the, but... The, you're ignoring the dumbest element of all this, and that's that Shaw and Holloway, who present the flimsiest case for a multi-trillion dollar space travel to just, oh, well, anonymous benefactor gave us the money. Let's go. And then they have no clue who's with them. If anybody knew who the team would be, it would be them. But the the random team stuff makes total sense because he's there with the expectation like he's the one who's leaving with the secret and nobody else is. Hold on, stop. These are all expendable assets. No, but stop. Once he has the map from Shaw and her buddy, he doesn't need him anymore. He can just take a completely... Like Merc team up there to do this thing to get where no, he doesn't he, need them. He needs he the people needs who understand to it to actually get to this thing. He just needs the map. Yeah, he, this he, is a pretty it, stupid argument. It's just a map. He just needs the map. They have the map. He should have yeah, taken the map from him and weak. done his own thing. This is also also the the original uh, script actually has a much better reasoning factor of Wayland doesn't want to meet the engineers. He wants to mine their technology so he can terraform planets. <laughs> Which is hinted at, but they do nothing with it in this movie. Well, he mentions keep... it in his TED talk. If yeah. you watch that, yeah, yeah, let's, let's let's keep going. Yeah, all right. So the ship lands on another barren planet, reminiscent of our opening scene. Is it the same planet? Is it a different planet? It's a different planet. Um, near a large structure, uh, we don't know if it's built or carved, but we do know it's hollow because the the punk rock. Uh, geologist looks at it and says, I don't know if it's built, but I know that it's hollow. I don't, I don't know how he knew that. Space T-dubs? Yeah, Space T-dubs goes up with his pups and maps the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. The team explores the structure. Uh, they find some stone cylinders, a giant stone head. Oh, and the decapitated body of a big-ass alien, which we assume to be an engineer. 
I, I will side, and this hurts so bad. I will side with Captain Cash here <clears throat> that these scientists are all dipshits where the first time they're like, oh, oxygen lovers are good. Let's just pop these helmets off because fuck yeah. it. No big Space. deal. Yeah. That's explicitly <laughs> done so you can see the actors better. 100%. I mean, yeah, there's that's reason. fine, but it still makes me think all of the characters are idiots. Anyway, the moment I saw those urns, that's my let's get the fuck out moment. So, Yo, yeah. let's yeah. dip. Well, circle the um, wagons. Which, We're out. I mean, visually, it mirrors the first film, but instead of eggs, it's it's urns. It's urns. And you know what, T-Dubs? Uh, our punk rock geologist, Fifield, he was 100% on the same page as you. Um, he screams that uh, he doesn't know anything about headless giant aliens. He's a geologist. And since he has nothing to offer, he's going to leave. The biologist, who, however, who would probably have something to offer in the big headless alien category, inexplicably goes with him. Um, and uh, they decide to leave. And they go back yeah. to the Prometheus. So another deleted scene, uh, the geologist, or the, not the geologist, the other guy, the, the biologist. biologist. The biologist. He, they find a, what would be a newer or a younger, probably newborn version of the vagina penis snake. And he's like, oh my God, this, the, we've discovered life uh, in space, which makes the scene where he tries to approach it a little bit more sensible. <laughs> Makes a little sure. bit more sense. Um, and I will say when they do find the giant uh, decapitated alien, it's our first indication that you may have had your suspicions from the opening scene that huh, that does look strangely like the carcass or corpse we see an alien of the quote unquote space jockey because he's got a similar flight suit on. You see, because when we see the, the, the engineers the first time, they're effectively nude in a loincloth. That's how they roll, time, dude. Yeah, this time we see him, and he's in he's in the flight suit that's reminiscent of what we saw uh, in the space jockey scene on yeah. the derelict and alien. So, so like, okay, now out. it's starting to it's starting cool. to line up as if the uh, urns weren't a big enough visual cue that we're in a shared universe. I think it's sort of implied by the existence of the film that this is yeah, yes. but, but this is when the movie's showing us that hey you you know these things I'm not you, sure you've seen this before went into mm -hmm. this like what's this prometheus all about i mean the marketing was like see how it all began this from and the yet, guy that made alien doesn't deliver <laughs> but but they're teasing us now from the director of blade runner comes prometheus <laughs> <laughs> From so, the director of Legend comes Prometheus. Mm -hmm. So these two uh, genius-level scientists uh, promptly get lost, uh, which is fine. I guess I can understand that. You're in some kind of weird tunnel system. Seems like it was only one passage. What, what do we know, right? Does, like, doesn't matter. The, the science doesn't add yeah. up, but Firefly is definitely smoking a ton of weed. Oh, like, dude. Absolutely. Even yeah. to the point where they put in the bong sound effect. Dude, he was yeah. ripping. <laughs> He was getting he was getting stoned to the bone. Oh yeah, um, and that's fine. They get lost, but then everybody else has to bug out like three seconds later because of a massive storm that's raining silica, uh, which sounds painful. Yeah. Another another yeah. deleted scene. Um, they explain that when she mentions that the murals are changing in the chamber, that the storm is a like a protection device, if you will. For no one to find their little weapons factory so like if someone enters that chamber 
the shit changes, the storm moves in and tries to kill all of them. <laughs> yeah. That actually that's kind of neat. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, weather machines. Things things we cut out because because <laughs> so, it also does it also doesn't make sense why 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 would you have a hollowed out mountain as your base and then the security system is a storm that rages outside of it and doesn't penetrate said base but be that as it may sure and then maybe more importantly if this is in fact because we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a bit and that this <laughs> this is in fact a, a weapons installation as uh, uh Idris Elba tells us later is his assumption uh why would they give us directions to that? Right. Also, why would you? Yeah, you don't give like you, you don't give directions to NORAD. That's they a do, terrible they, idea. They do point to five stars, I think, in the mural, and maybe they just picked the wrong. The wrong just, yeah. Based on the science of this film, they did That's what all smart people do. They played any mini mighty mo. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's the planet that they came up with, and, and that so they went. Toe caught tiger is furious. So anyway. They all had to head back to the ship and nobody notices the other two aren't like in front of them, didn't take a vehicle until they're all back on the ship. Like it seems like they kind of missed missed the ball there, but they were in a rush. So well, they're not we'll very good at their jobs. I don't they're think not... we hired I don't think we hired the A squad here. I think Wayland yeah, went yeah. cheap knowing that he was gonna have to off half these people he's once gonna, he met an engineer. He's gonna yeah. kill them all. He he needs the real brains back at home running his corporation uh while he is not there. And uh, and, and to be fair here. Dr. Bling, the storm, the pyramid, and all that is somewhat uh, reminiscent of the original Starbeast script from Dan O'Bannon. Those are elements that were cut from the first film that Ridley Scott's now using in this film. So it's kind of it's kind of cool from a historical perspective to see that stuff's being used because that's a key plot point in, in that that original script was them getting back from this pyramid mountain thing through a storm. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. There's also a big stone head outside that we see that, that never gets explained either, but, uh, sure. Do you hold on? There's, there's another bit of trivia. Sorry. I wanted us to speed up. That head is a literal copy of what was the new alien or whatever from resurrection, the oh, newborn yeah, or whatever. The newborn. Yeah. No, it's the, it's the, the same yeah, face. The skull face. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is. Which that comes straight from, uh, some HR Geiger, or Giger, excuse me, concept art. Yeah, that was Story. one of the homages to Geiger mm-hmm. in, in the film. There's a couple. So uh, Android David takes one of the big stone cylinders with him, and uh, the others begin to ooze a black liquid. Back in the lab, the scientists try to reanimate the engineer's head to horrifying results. They take a sample of the aftermath, that is the aftermath of the exploded head that they brought back, and determine that the engineer's DNA matches human DNA identically. Meanwhile, David inspects the contents of the cylinder he took from the structure, and he then goads an inebriated and slightly depressed Holloway into saying that he'd do anything and everything for answers. Then he discreetly, boonk, taints his drink with the liquid from the cylinder, and then drunk Holloway and Shaw join the 8 billion mile high club. Uh, yes, uh, that scene where he's a little bit nicer to her, you know, they they engage in intercourse. Coitus. Uh, the deleted scene, coitus? He, he shows up and he's hammered and he's kind of just a raging dick to her. And I was like, you know, that fits the character a lot more to me 
because he's like needlessly an asshole throughout the entire movie for a guy who on a hunch went into space to find something he thought might exist. So he's just mean to the robot guy who's there to help him for no reason. Yeah, He's very mean to David. Yeah. And David's not particularly likable up to this point. And of course in the movie and then just in the alien franchise in general, like nobody's trusting the robot. Well, let's be frank here. David is a is an asshole as well, and it's very clear he's going to go rogue immediately. From the time he's watching people's dreams on, it's like, uh, yeah. that guy's well, bad news, man. Yeah, he's he's well, not. That ain't right. That, that just seems like a really weird plot point. Like, oh, by the way, he likes you know he's a he's a mind voyeur. He's oh. a dream peeper. Cool, weird. Well, I mean, um, it's all it's all in service of his character, which is really like. You know, he has a disdain for humanity. Well, and he's also trying to understand it. Like, yeah. why do I exist? Um, yeah. Is there not like an infertility angle too? My like, imagine she's that? not. She's not supposed to be able to have children. So they did that in this scene, which but is also it, kind of like just unnecessarily uncomfortable. Like, oh, that seems awkward. Well, yeah. you know, that's like they give him the dick moment. Yeah, because he is. He's like a terrible person. Like, I don't understand. Like, he throws a hissy fit immediately upon arriving. Yeah, their relationship does not make a whole lot of sense. And that's why I think like the more like abusive scene it it fits what it, you you like see from from their whole dynamic. I still don't it's... like it though. Anyway, so back inside the structure, a penis cobra, penis snake. How do we feel about that? We're going to go we're going we'll go with penis cobra. Kills I mean, her. it's very much like it even does has the cobra hood and opens up and hisses at him. The whole yeah, thing, yeah. giant snake, but it's very like it's very genital like and it's it's slightly androgynous you know but like at the end of the day it's like a pro i mean we keep calling it a snake but it's really like a proto face hugger right but it's not a face hugger it's just a straight face it's what fucker. it's supposed to be yeah yeah except it goes it you know it is the the seed yeah, it just goes. It. it just goes straight for the old mouth hole although yeah. it doesn't the, uh, die what's which the stephen king movie note, with the butt so. snake Dreamcatcher. Yeah, yeah. Dream catcher, weasels. Yeah. This, this yeah. is literally this is That's literally shit. a ripoff of the shit weasel. Same shit thing. weasel. Shit weasel. So the penis snake kills Milburn, our biologist, uh, and while attempting to save him, Fifield, our geologist, cuts the penis snake, and its blood is our familiar corrosive xenomorph blood. So it dissolves his helmet, burns his face. He then falls into a puddle of the black goo that finishes the job of melting his face off. Um, we presume that I he want is, to melt his face. We presume that oh, he is dead oh. at this point. <laughs> the crew eventually returns. They find Milburn's corpse, but no evidence of Fivefield. Uh, David just goes off on his own again and discovers a control room where he seemingly just randomly starts pushing buttons. Buttons aren't toys, David. Rock and buttons. Rock buttons. He then finds a surviving engineer in a stasis pod as well as a holographic star map that is highlighting Earth. It does annoy me that it's in a modern continental configuration, um, but I guess I guess it is so that we can understand, but maybe not. Maybe because they've been coming back since the original engineer came back and seeded life. Uh, so maybe it, maybe it tracks. I don't know. They're, anyway. they're, they're the OG Brits. Which is, yeah. yeah. Holloway uh, then starts getting very sick very quickly and he is rushed back to Prometheus but Vickers, Charlize Theron 
won't let him on the ship because of uh, you know decontamination protocol. Holloway which, knows which is, a, which is a really weak parallel to the first movie because we don't like Vickers at all. So she's not Sigourney Weaver at this point. Right. She gets that, that I, I, again, she gets that role. You're always looking at these things the wrong way. She is not at all Sigourney Weaver in this movie. Correct. At all. No, no, she's not. Uh, and of all the, you know, complaining you do about stupid decisions, she makes a good decision. I, well, I know, but it's parallel, but it parallels the character arc of Sigourney Weaver's role uh, in the first movie where she's trying to be the smart one. In this movie, it doesn't it doesn't carry the same weight for her for Vickers' character. Another fun trivia point on this scene: Charlize Theron was super excited she got to use a fl- fl- flamethrower. Sorry, uh, but didn't realize that like she would actually be hitting the stuntman. So when she set oh, him no. on fire, that reaction totally, was a, yeah. like a legitimate reaction, reaction, which is not out of the line for ridley scott since he does that a lot he did that yeah he did that a lot uh especially with the first alien like basically not letting them know what was going to happen to their characters oh no they he did that again in the milburn scene where the vagina snake comes out of his head he didn't tell the one actress Uh that it's going to happen so her reaction is real the uh lady from game of thrones yes yeah maybe i don't know i've never watched it yeah she's 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 that that's why i recognize her yeah so Holloway knows he's infected with something terrible and basically forces Vickers to fry him with the flamethrower. Um, then a medical scan during a very uncomfortable interaction with David reveals that Shaw's in advanced pregnancy. She's supposed to be infertile, which we learned a few scenes earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she puts two and two together and uses an automated surgery table to have a very disturbing emergency C-section that pulls a scary squid alien out of her. Best scene in the movie. It's incredible and it's creepy. Really good. She acts well. Um, This also gives us our first clue that uh, Wayland is actually on the ship because the medical table is not configured for a female. Uh, We originally believed that that medical table was for Vickers in one of the opening scenes where they all are, are talking to one another. So, that's kind of our clue that there's somebody else that's a man on the ship. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Wayland makes makes the most sense there. Uh, so yeah, scary squid alien comes out of her. Uh, Shaw then discovers that Wayland is actually still alive and in stasis on the Prometheus, and he explains to her that he wants to ask the engineers how to not die from old age. This is when Vickers calls him father which is the big reveal of the twist of the movie that uh, Wayland is there. And not only is Wayland there, but, but Vickers is, is his daughter. Yeah. You can yada, yada, yada right through that. No, yeah. Shit. yeah. It, it, it doesn't <laughs> why? matter. It's like, it's it doesn't matter. Why? There's no setup. There's no payoff. It's just a thing that happens. No, it, no one is surprised by this or gives a shit by it. it it's supposed right. to give us some motivations for why Vickers is such a raging bitch the entire time. Uh, because it she's like, kind of, yeah, but it's, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work really well. It, it, the original it, intent was to try to get people to uh, focus on if Vickers was another robot or an actual person, and they decided not to lean into that. And their big reveal was, oh, it's her daughter, and she's butthurt that he likes David more that he created than her that he also created. Which but, there's no, there's no there should be a civil uh, a sibling not civil 
a sibling rivalry there, but there's not. If that was no, the point, if that might have worked. That might have worked if those two had been, you know, contentious, but they don't even share a scene. <laughs> for well, they, they have one scene where, you know, she's she accosts David in the hallway and says, you know, what, what did he say? Um, well, again, yeah. there's some other cut scenes yeah. that yeah, like kind of guide this arrow, yeah. if you will. And they were like, get rid of these. <laughs> yes, he, but David is very clearly the preferred child david Which, is this perfect yes, creation so. so and again we're going to get to this but uh, i was hoping this reveal would explain david's motivations more but it doesn't it, it that's really what bothers doesn't. me i think yes. david, david's motivations are pretty clear like he was a creation and now he wants to be the creator which i i think it's a lot easier to say that after covenant but anyway let's keep going I, I think keep... there I think there's some inklings that don't lean hard enough in that he's a nutbag and they right. could have yeah, gone a little they could have leaned and... a little and again never seen Covenant I will tell I will say that now he very yeah. clearly sees and understands that there was like a process to what these engineers were doing and he's like I would like to learn more about that like that's yeah. his all his motivation is to learn more. Yeah, and he's doing it effectively on his own behalf is what we yeah. really don't quite get in this movie, that, but it's clear later. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Look here to learn more. Mutant Fifield returns to Prometheus in a weird pretzel shape. Also um, another very metal scene. That was super metal. Uh, he and, kills... Yeah, that scene he was supposed to look much more like a traditional alien, or at least the head would be elongated to give you sort of... But I guess really Scott really wanted to be oh no as, they shot as, the whole, they shot the yeah. whole thing you can see his yeah. other scene where he's got the huge uh -huh. head yeah. and he's jumping around with you can watch long it, yeah. limbs and i actually I don't, I don't know if it works better per se but i do think just i think ridley outthought himself in a lot of ways like no 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 yes this is a prequel to aliens but it can't we have to like separate ourselves as far as we can yeah. from aliens you just got to embrace it because they are they're inextricably connected so mm. like at some point it's okay a lot of the connections are indirect there's a lot of visual cues there are similarities but it's not a one-to-one -one prequel in that sense so you're saying he should have made more of a prequel than the prequel he made <laughs> well I, I think you know it shows us different life cycles. It shows us a different like gestation pattern. It, it's a lot of the elements from the alien universe that we know, but it's it to, to T-Dub's point, like there's still a distinct line he's drawn that we're not going to see a face hugger and we're not going to see the traditional xenomorph. We're just going to hint at it for the yeah, entire but, film. I mean, you can still do the, how did we get here timeline mm -hmm. and do it gorgeously and just, not have it be so erratic yeah and i think he was trying to do something different there and i yeah i just it's not very satisfying because again to d-dub's point we all know the movies are connected you know just give us what we want anyway Listen. come on i'm sorry bling let's uh let's keep moving to quote no, you guys Sean, are good where we were so wrong he was not wrong because we just got like basically resurrection was like how do we turn like some like yeah it, we they tread so much ground on this there was no real point to be like here's the xenomorph again and he's talked about it like on record like it's like how at at what point is it not scary anymore not only did you do resurrection but you did both those hot shit alien versus predator movies 
it, mm. it devalued that the creature dramatically. Yeah. Which I don't know. We'll get to the end of this movie, but I have opinions on how you could use it. But let's keep going. So yeah, so so Fifield uh, kills a couple red shirts before being burned and shot to death. Yeah, uh, red shirts that come from where? With, there's a couple mercenaries on the ship, man. We the got a deleted scenes. That's where. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got some security on there, which is fine. Um, Captain Janik uh, Idris uh, gives us some exposition where he wait, posits. Wait, 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 where's he been the rest of the movie? Hanging out with a dope ass Southern accent. Yeah, hanging out in the ship. Yeah. yeah. Theoretically banging Vickers. Yeah. Wow and Charlotte. Allegedly. So, yeah, he posits that the structure is actually an off-world military bioweapons facility that the engineers used. The engineers lost control of their weapon, i.e. all these engineers are dead, but the engineers themselves are not extinct. To his defense, I do believe some of that is implied by the holographic instant replays we get at some point earlier in the film for sure yes. they're all running from something right there was an yep. accident yeah um, now remind me was this in the actual movie or is this a deleted scene but he basically there's a character moment for him where he explains to her like listen there's only one way to do this we got to take off and we got to blow this thing to hell that's in the movie that's in the movie yeah. okay. what you're thinking about there's a deleted scene after she torches holloway uh-huh. Where he tries to explain something that happened to him in the yes. military okay. to her, and, and they also kind of it kind of links into yeah. what happened in the the flashbacks. Yeah. And they also the very clearly sleep together in deleted scenes because it shows him in her bed, and then there's more pillow talk indication that somebody else is aboard the ship. He keeps you like, get full frontal Idris, so you're gonna have to yeah. look that up online. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but that, uh, he, it's he, also he, good for him, I think that that well, scene. But yeah, it's what's well, refreshing, though. I mean, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense, I do appreciate that he goes straight up Larry Fishburne from Event Horizon, like "fuck this shit, we're out of here." Yeah, so this is also where he uh, he kind of figures out that you know because of the uh, the pups that the structure has a spacecraft in it. Wayland and team return to the structure, accompanied by Shaw. Uh, David wakes up the engineer, speaks hey, to him. David, and- pull up my legs, David. I'll be <laughs> fine. I'm fine, David. Leave me it, now. There was the, there was the weird foot liniment scene. Um, and uh, yeah, David wakes up the engineer and speaks to him in an unknown language that we assume works because he's been studying all yeah, these be- proto-Indo-European languages. Okay, here's the big one. They cut out the engineer speaking. The scene is longer. The engineer speaks. There's very clearly a back and forth. And after they strike Shaw, that's when shit totally hits the fan. It's like, oh, you are just as cruel and awful as I assumed you would be. Again, this is this circles back to my one sentence. Like that dialogue, I why would you ever get rid of it? Right. Like the, the cut dialogue between the engineer and David through Wayland it actually makes sense of why the engineer just rips fucking David's head yeah. off. <laughs> David, what is he saying, David? Yeah, yeah, that I mean, would have been that would have been very helpful, I think. Um, yeah. And I, I think the, I think the best thing at this point in time in the movie, with what it's given us in the theatrical cut, the clearly engineers. We now learn it's a weapons facility. They were trying to get to Earth to destroy us for reasons. I guess we killed Jesus. I don't know, but. Without the dialogue in the theatrical cut, 
The only thing you can assume is that the engineer looks at David as our attempt at creating life like they created us, and they're disappointed. Like, really? This is this is what you think creation is? Yeah. And then like, it's... you know, he he's like, This is this is a poor facsimile of actual life. And I'm like, okay, but like we we give birth, like we 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 procreate and and, and reproduce on our own. Like it's not like this is our only attempt at creating life. We 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 create ourselves. Like okay, I, I'm now not you're sure looking what the way too deeply. Now. The reason whole, we can create life is because they gave they gave us that. Yeah, but we also so. but we procreate. Can they procreate? I've never seen a female engineer. And there's a whole womb envy thing about the whole movie about wanting to know where Anyways, you come from and be a creator. They say they're a hundred percent human. Yeah, they're yeah, humans. I, they're just big and white. And I think you sure. do. Uh, anyways. Uh, Wayland is also Wayland is also going very very deep dive yeah yeah Wayland, dude, all like, right asserts that he deserves immortal like yeah. immortality he deserves to be given the fire by the god because he's a one percenter right? yeah mm-hmm. yeah chumpy i'm gonna need you to holster your space lasers for a second here um, we're going to get through this. My non-denominational <laughs> space lasers. Thank non-denominational you space Agnostic lasers. Agnostic space lasers. Uh, so, yeah, as as uh, the mayor pointed out, the engineer promptly rips off David's head. I personally assumed that the engineer was like some kind of like, like he was the rogue element of the engineers. And it was his crazy idea to go kill all the people. Um, but that would have been it, rad. That'd yeah. have been cool too, but they never really talk about any of any of the motivations of anybody. Um, real quick, real quick, in my opinion on both versions of the ending, I just saw it as the engineer looking at him and be like, you fucking piss ants, and just rips his head off because why not? <laughs> why not? Don't show up here at my giant space killing facility and bother me. Yeah, if they were of, ants uh, and he had a magnifying glass, we know how this would all turn out right he he um, could sniff out wayland's tiny dick en- energy from a millennia away that's it, that's it. Um, so uh he then kills everybody else except for shaw who manages to escape uh the engineer begins to fire up his spaceship presumably to bring the bioweapon to earth to wipe out all the other humans shaw relays his information to janik Janik and his remaining crew decide that they are going to sacrifice themselves uh, by crashing their ship into the alien craft while also ejecting the lifeboat so that Shaw has a way home. I thought it was very nice. Like, hey, we're going to kill ourselves, but no reason for you to die, too. No, I mean, they eject it. Uh, I mean, Vickers instructs Idris to fly the thing home, and he's like, nope, but there is a lifeboat. You can survive up here for two years and send out a distress signal. Get on it or die. Yeah. And that's yeah. that that's why it gets ejected. It's not for Shaw. He doesn't even realize that Shaw is still functioning at that point. That she's yeah. still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. But either way, I mean, it's still a nice thing to do, right? Like, you know, that you, you yeah. can't order me around anymore. I'm gonna die in nine seconds. Yeah. So and fine. it's worth pointing out at this point, too, because I don't think you mentioned it previously. We have now seen a very clear shot. We saw it before, but here it is again in, in space or you know, in, in the atmosphere flying around. The engineer's craft is, in fact, the exact same crescent-shaped uh, ship we saw in the original film, the derelict. He's on that ship, just not not the ship, just a ship like that one. And that is cool. It also, I think, gives us the uh, evidence that that Janik might be the only person who's not a total dickbag in this movie. 
right? Um, Very noble so, sacrifice. Well, him, him, and his and his two uh, co-pilots, right? Yeah. Like Benedict mm-hmm. Wong and the other guy. Yeah, they're the only people that seem to be relatively decent in this whole whole thing. Uh, Vickers does attempt to save herself by leaving uh, in an escape pod, only to have the crashing alien ship kill her when it crashes into the ground. Shaw gets to the lifeboat and finds a squid alien, which is now massive. The engineer also gets to the lifeboat and attacks Shaw, uh, who releases the squid alien on him, uh, which subdues the engineer and thrusts an ovipositor down his throat. Shaw retrieves David in pieces and launches another engineer spacecraft, not to return to Earth, but to find the engineer homeworld and ask them, what the fuck? Because they they clearly want to talk to her. There is no why. But I don't think she's asking for what the fuck. I think she's just going for straight revenge. I, so I, we're, we we're going to find out. started the movie so, in a place <clears throat> where we wanted to find the engineers and get our answers. And we ended the movie in a place where we wanted to find the engineers and get our answers. So, yep. so what is the scientific purpose for finding the shark that ate your friend? Revenge. <laughs> uh, this scene... The, where she fights the engineer also is uh, extended mm. in the deleted scenes. And it, it's, there's two things that are more clear. One, David wants the engineer to find her. Yes. And two, the engineer sees like the frivolous nature, you know, like all this ridiculous shit in this ship in Charlie's Theron's cabin. And it's like, you can sort of see like a disgust on his face. He's disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so mean, here's the here's the thing. Hold on, real quick, Richie's. I at that point with the engineer again, anything more with them adds to the movie because there's such a mystery in the theatrical cut, and it's just you just have to guess a lot. But anything that tries to make David look shittier is superfluous because he is shitty the whole time. There's no fucking surprise that he is a bad actor. So the, the, I feel like the, it sometimes they're just laying it on a little too thick because wow. he's clearly not looking out for anybody except himself and maybe the old man like he's a kind of like smithers to mr burns right a little bit i mean i knew he was bad as soon as he was frosting his or doing his highlights in his hair it's like nope can't trust that nope. robot he's so vain he's highlighting his hair yeah which that's doesn't that's not grow. robot stuff yeah that's that yeah that ain't right um, brother and then uh you know our our final cut scene is uh you know in the lifeboat uh familiar looking alien bursts out of the engineer's chest uh it's called the deacon and its head looks like a dorito yeah <laughs> so and it kind of has that double jaw like an alien but it's not an alien you guys totally you know. different not the same thing what does it mean who knows nobody cares doesn't matter not that Again, kind of movie could have worked if it would have used the actual plot points and that's I, part of my trivia. Honestly, I have, I have okay. no problem. Uh, you know, I would have liked the elongated head on uh, Fifield, but the Deacon. Yeah. It, this is all. It's just all evolution. And at one point, and this again, you guys mentioned all these stupid scientists. Someone's like, "So you're arguing against blah 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 Darwinism?" And it's like actually, what the, like the whole movie is about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like the engineers creating something that could kill them is Darwinism. Right. The engineers seeded life with single cell or seeded the planet with single celled organisms and it grew to become humans. In the oceans. Like, yeah. yeah, no, it's just explaining 
you know, the God particle, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the spark of life that happened at on earth, which, you know, admittedly, we still have no idea how we went from primordial soup to single celled organism. The guy right? like, who talks about Darwinism tries to pet a vagina penis steak. He really does try. It is the very definition of survival of the fittest. It was flirting with him. I mean, he. Oh, hey, bud. Oh, oh, hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. Want to break my arm and crawl up in my mouth? He (laughs) fucked around. Pretty, pretty pretty metal. Yeah. Again, we 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 discussed this this on the texts, and it needs to be brought back full circle. A lot of this movie is fuck around and find out, and it doesn't need to be at all. So, Prometheus. How many beers are required? I would going to throw it to you, Chumpzilla, first, but I'm not giving you that that honor. T-Dubs, how many beers? This is a three-enjoyment beer, maybe one paid beer movie. I, you know, like, in retrospect, I hadn't watched this in a long time. I know we poked fun about it not making a whole lot of sense, but I like the things it's trying, and it may fall on its face here and there in doing it, but... It's still a pretty damn entertaining sci-fi movie and it's gorgeous. And they built all this shit. And it's so cool. Like even the head that explodes was practical. So you're always going to get me with cool practical effects. Huh. I love Ridley Scott for the most part. I think this is a really good movie. And then what he follows it up with is <laughs> hot shit. So, and it's been a long time since I saw that. So maybe I'll like that too, but probably not because I remember not liking it at all. <laughs> Whereas I bought this, so. Bling Blake, did you give a runtime on this? I can't remember. Uh, I did not. It's like two hours, right? It's two yeah, hours it's and three two minutes hours. with credits. I think it's an so, hour I mean, 57. So there's four, no reason to cut out those scenes. That's four Just beers. Scenes. I would say it's like a three and one. Mm. Yeah, two and two. Either or. I don't hate it. I'm not going to lampoon it. I'd say it's four oh. beers because why not? No, I watched it. I watched it on one of my random insomnia nights where I couldn't sleep from like two a.m. until four a.m. That seems reasonable. That'll give you a fever dream. No, I mean, I just watched it and then realized how much I get to use it to torture Captain Cash, who is just being silent this entire pod because he's so upset. <laughs> he's he's so angry. Cash, just say six and let's get out of here. It's six. Oh, fuck it's off. Six. <laughs> it's six and they're pain. Now, is it very pretty? Sure. It's a Bridley Scott film. It's shot beautifully. The a man Ridley is Scott a master film. of his craft. The movie doesn't make any goddamn sense. All the characters make the worst decisions possible to the point you're shouting at them like, what are you doing? And for two hours, that's too much. I don't like any yeah. of the characters here except Shaw and even then she's not none of these characters are like why do you like Shaw out of anybody yeah she's she's just pretentious the whole time I like her she has a charming naivete to her <laughs> she's she's the one with she's she's got grit and tenacity she had a like a squid <laughs> removed from her uterus again and that that's such a metal scene wow but yeah she's but she's just you don't really root for her that's the problem you never really root you're supposed to and you know you're supposed to but at the same yeah. time it's like you don't really want to because like everybody in this movie sucks um i, I was with her until that, she's like we're not going home 
we're gonna go do the same shit we just did <laughs> because clearly they like us i'm yeah. not sure they do they don't probably don't want this invitation might have been a misunderstanding she, she's the that crazy might, ex-girlfriend been, all of a sudden she's like that, why'd you dump me you know that finger pointing thing might have been a middle finger like fuck off don't come here or just a I'd, wag right like no 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 yeah these five stars uh, uh, uh. The Kimbe. yeah <laughs> no 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 so no I, but i'm right there with you uh mary mccheese i'm gonna give this four beers i'll split it two and two it's a great looking movie there are some fun things in in it but again my biggest complaint is that it's clearly supposed to be a prequel of sorts for the first alien film and it has elements and parallels that you can like compare to that film and, and even just the original script. There's stuff that, you know, again, that wasn't used in the first film we get in this one. I like those elements, but I think Ridley Scott outsmarted himself because he did too much to make it different because he didn't want it to be a paint by the numbers. I don't want to get to that end point because that's too easy. I think he overthought it. I think he should have had his fun in the middle of the film, but made sure he stuck the landing and actually said, here it is. I've connected the dots. And maybe that's just me being naive. Like you said, T-Dose, maybe he thought he had two more films to do that. But that's, to me, that's what's crazy. This did not need a prequel trilogy. One film could have told that story. Well, I'm back on, it is so painful. I'm back on Captain Cash Slides here. I think that he had a much better movie that got fucked up on some sort of level that I can't find online. Like there's yeah. not this many deleted scenes and these are the deleted scenes we're allowed to see. Not like even the like dailies oh, or they're whatever. They're done. Yeah. They're finished. Like well, rarely do yeah, you like, watch deleted scenes where all the effects and everything's finished. So clearly done, yeah. at like, some there, point, there, there is a the lot movie, of so. very better storytelling that somehow got chopped from this for a specific reason that I'm not smart enough to know. Yeah. I guess that comes to, comes to me now. Uh, I'm still I'm two and two. I'm four beers all the way. Uh, I did. I do think this movie's pretty. I like some of the things, but uh, ultimately, not a lot gets resolved. Um, so I think we're other than Captain Cash, who was squarely in the six beers and would be nominating this for the shit movie champion. Uh, no, no, that's not fair. I wouldn't say that. I, oh, that's good. I just you're allowed dislike... to because I came back on the pod just to get you to no, watch no, no. this movie in. Fuck up your weekend. I dislike this movie, but that's not the same as saying it's poorly made. Yeah. That's it's fair. more of a disappointment than a bad movie. Fair. Yeah. Because again, it's it's it is absolutely competently acted. Um yep. it's very something, pretty. Something happened here that ruined a like a, a I wouldn't say a perfectly good movie, a good movie, a good yeah. prequel. Something happened here that ruined a very good prequel well uh that is a great ending point for this segment man mccheese so we are going to go into our first break here and when we come back we will dive into some of those lingering questions including what could have gone better here so hang on tight and we will see you on the other side of this break Welcome back. We are here again on our 194th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, where we are discussing Ridley Scott's Prometheus. Uh, It is time for the lingering questions portion of the pod. So, gentlemen, we're going to start right here. 
again, I think I know the answer for at least one of us here, but at the time of its release, is this the worst film in the Alien franchise? Now, again, to be clear, Covenant is not part of this discussion. We will save that for next week. Um, is this the worst film in the Alien franchise? I'm going to go first and say no. Um, Important I, question. Are we counting AVP? I think no. you can just remove those and just acknowledge that those yeah. are both worse. That's a, that's a whole every, different okay. Okay. Just yeah. one of clarity. It's, it's, it's almost a different universe, right? Like yeah. it's, Correct. That's a whole thing. Correct. So, so let's, yeah. keep it to, let's keep it to our continuity here. Um, basically, the two movies that we all agree are fantastic, and then the four or the three that we've done so far in the pod. Is this the worst? I think not. Um, I think it's gorgeous. I like the actors better than most of the other movies we've done. And I think the story is much more intriguing than both three and resurrection. So no, I don't think it is, but I'll let you guys uh, put it to the floor for, for you guys. I would say, no, I, I think this is a far better movie than resurrection. And outside of actually having a real David Fincher director's cut of three with finished effects, this is better than that movie too. So yeah. Yeah, hard disagree. This is this is the worst one. I'm not saying that Resurrection is better made or better acted. I'm saying I would rather watch Resurrection again than watch mm. Prometheus. I, I like this movie. It it could have been done better for sure. Is it the worst? No, not at all. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm falling into camps of Captain Cash, but also the fact that this is my dumb movie brain, like the movie Soldier that I can't turn off whenever it's on. I'm gonna watch it. It's this movie. If I, if I randomly scroll past it on my parents' uh, satellite dish, I'm gonna watch this fucking thing. Yeah. Well, no, because we've been joking this whole time that every sequel gets worse, right? And I will admit... I'm not that, joking. No, right. And in my heart of hearts, this movie is very disappointing because my expectations were higher for it than Resurrection. Um, I won't say that it's better than Alien 3 because I do appreciate that Alien 3 was trying to do something. Um, and it and it didn't have the expectations behind it that this film had. So I'm not so sure I would say it's worse than... Uh, or yeah, that, that it's better than three. It's a it's, singular vision. Alien three is a collection of ideas that they were like, "Fuck it, we got to get this thing out." This is a singular division, yeah. powered by Ridley Scott. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew where he wanted to go. That alone makes it better than what we got with three, which was like, I don't know. Let's just throw a bunch of shit at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah, I mean, prison like wood. All right. Apparently, again, trivia stuff since I have to do the quiz. When this got greenlit, Ridley Scott literally opened a studio next to his office and just fed them storylines daily. They called them Ridley Grams, where he would come up with ideas and shoot them over to hmm. that squad and be like, This is what I want to work on. This is what I want to work on. This is what I want. Like, he was 100% in on this. Like, once they gave yeah. him the green light to do it that's yeah. how he was operating it, he worked hard as hell on this movie and the the detail that went to the sets i mean they shot two versions of it in case the studio demanded it be pg-13 so he shot things in a way that that could be then screened for as a pg-13 movie seems like that might have been a waste 
Um, but you know what? One thing that really redeems this movie for me is how good the spacesuits look in it. Again, I, I really cool. enjoyed that. Yeah. They were super cool. And like I hadn't seen it for a while. I'd watched it a couple times previously, but it had been years. And I'm like another another yeah. deleted scene. They Solid had stuff. all the actors train in the spacesuits. Oh. Huh. Well, that's I don't cool. think I've seen that one. I've seen some, but not that one. And to your complaints about all the Marvel bullshit with the helmets, those are real helmets, and they were a pain in the ass. And Charlie yeah. Saturn got really mad at one. Yeah. Well, I was going to make this joke earlier. We talked about the guys taking their helmets off because also that's the like the one other terraforming element. Like, oh, hey, there's oxygen in the in the temple, which is also from the Star Beast script. But anyway, I like the fact once the guys take their helmets off, they're off. They don't go back on, right? They stay off. They don't yeah. take them on yeah. and off to say one line of dialogue. First right? of all, it's the stupidest thing in the world because then you have to carry them. But I digress. Uh, and they disappear from time to time. Captain Cash, I'm sure you're also probably a little ticked off at this movie because what we were going to get was a Neil Blomkamp who did District uh, Yeah, I, I saw some of that Alien stuff. Alien like, 5, oh. which was supposed to be a direct sequel to Aliens. Yep. 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 Would have preferred uh, that. And you know, and that guy, you know, he is not really. He did District no, he, Nine, and then kind of never recreated that magic. No, now, some of his short magic. films are good. Some of his short films are quite good. Uh, I, I have to admit, though, I think I would have liked to seen what he was going to do with the property. I think it was the. Now this came out in 2012, but it was the tepid or shitty response to either Chappie or. Uh, Elysium, or, Elysium, yeah. Where they're like, oh, maybe not. Like they, yeah. I think they got cold feet big time, and then Ridley Scott showed interest. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed. You know, actually, that we're talking about, I think I kind of agree with you a little bit, Captain Cash. In that, I think Resurrection ends up being a better Alien movie, whereas I just kind of like this movie better as a as a better movie. Yeah. You know. I feel like there was there was a chance for this movie to have been its own thing, and I don't begrudge it that right where it could have been. Hey, yeah, the aliens create the engineers are involved, or the engineers are involved with the xenomorphs or whatever. But this had an opportunity to be like a hey, it's a whole other set of sci-fi horror in that same world that it ignores. So let me ask you this: What could have made this movie better? Oh, oh, oh. Dr. Bling, Dr. Bling, you nailed it earlier. Your comment about the engineer being the bad actor in this, that he was the only one that wanted to to go and, like, you know, nuke Earth. General Zod. Right. If this movie had been about the engineers and their society, and ultimately, like, this guy was a zealot who wanted to end humanity and they didn't want him to do it, so he was sentenced to death. And his punishment was a face hugger because he was going to give birth to some alien that did weird stuff with. Now we're getting to AVP territory. Very Cobra commander there. Yeah. And, and then, but he, he has support and gets busted out and goes on his kamikaze mission, but he doesn't make it. He's trying. And this is exactly how the, how it should have ended ends as he's trying to get to earth. The chest burster gestates and it gets him and he crashes onto LV426. And it literally bookends right to the end of Alien, or the beginning of Alien, excuse me. That would have been amazing. We would have spent time with those engineers and that, and like to your point, Captain Cash, 
this whole different sci-fi thing that just happens to end at a point that we recognize where the first movie starts. That would have been amazing. That would have blown my mind and it would have made a ton of money. I think you just have to further embrace that this is a prequel to Aliens and not a Alien, not a prequel to a prequel to a prequel to Alien. Yeah, just kind of get over it and say, I'm going to make one movie and be yeah. done with it. Just yeah, not, yeah. Yep. Tell, tell, tell it in one story. I mean, because, yeah. or, I mean, conversely, eliminating the myth or the the mystery of where the xenomorphs came from was always a stupid idea. And maybe just making them be on a planet that the engineers had gone to colonize and realizing like, oh shit, we are not the bees knees of the galaxies. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could take it. Did they find them? Did they domesticate them? Did they create them? You Did cannot they... domesticate a zero. Uh, I, well, I think the general do. I think the general guidelines are the black goo is gonna cause various transformations, and as those transformations happen within certain things you get new things and so yeah. that's how we yeah. end up with the deacon in this which is supposed to be what is the prequel to the xenomorph so just mm-hmm. yeah. do that cleaner yeah yeah more on that later my cheese we'll yeah, talk about they, that they have week. names for those but do better copy that so that brings me to my next question is this movie even a flop does the performance of this film justify another pre slash sequel? Oh, no way. It's a flop. I mean, like they were all in on this and had covenant, not shat the bed. He was getting more movies. So they, they trusted him and then covenant, like they saw, you know, there's a lot of adjustments made to covenant, which was not at all going to be what it became because he, again, simply did not want to do that. It was going to be more about AI versus man. And like, I don't know, honestly, like, what the fuck. But they adjusted that to make it more Alien-esque because there was a certain reaction to this movie. And now this movie, I think, and Captain Cash probably doesn't want to hear this, so is rather uh, finally remembered. So well, it's, it's definitely better than Covenant. Uh, yeah, I, I say, it's better than Covenant. Let's damn it with faint praise. Well, and I'll say this, though. I don't know where you go after covenant in the condition it was released theatrically i don't even know what you could do with that covenant basically does lead up to what you assume this movie should have because this movie gives you enough of an indication that they were tinkering around and playing god and it went horribly wrong Mm -hmm. but they were close to developing something right so it's natural that at the end you could have just had a xenomorph pop out of uh, and we do, we do. We finally get the black xenomorph looking thing, right? It's like yeah. it just flirts with but it's it. It's still it just it's a predator for whatever it's called. Yeah. So it's not yeah. the it is not the perfect weapon, right? Yeah. But then yeah. there's that logical conclusion that okay. We're so, close. It's yeah. coming. So it's yeah. just further, you know, further evolution or whatever. But the yeah. the answer we get is highly unsatisfactory. There is a larger point about you know, giving evolution a push here, right? There's the talk of the Darwinism and the transformative properties of the black goo. And the black goo is obviously a visual cue to the black biomechanical nature of the xenomorph. So you kind of see where it's going. It's just, yeah, just, I'm sorry. I'm a simple man. I just wanted that direct thread line pulling me in that yeah. direction. So, you know? so what you wanted was an engineer writing a T-Rex. Fuck yeah, with an AK forty seven. Yep, created these two motherfuckers. 
Yeah. Hell yeah. Give me a xenomorph dinosaur. Holy shit. Come on. Now that is a billion dollar idea. All right. Good enough. Thank you. I think that uh, sufficiently answers our, our, did it justify another movie, even if that movie was ended up being terrible? So obviously, I, I guess we think that the the engineers and or the, the, the creatures that somehow develop inside this structure, like, I don't know if the penis snake was already there or if it happened because there were worms in the ground and the goo got into the worms to make the penis snakes. I don't know, but who who's the real antagonist in the, in this film? Like, it, is it Wayland? Is the, it is it Vickers? Is it David? It's the folly of man. Is it hubris? Is that what it is? Yes. Is it, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a bad concept for a film, but I'm just saying it doesn't make for a great commercial film. No, like there's so okay. So do you root for anyone in this film? Nope. I mean, I root for Idris Elba, but he's yeah. also yeah. He's, he's doing he's doing what he needs to do once he knows the facts, you, and he never leaves the ship. Else. Yep, he has I, the right, I guess Doctor Strange's buddy. Yep. No, you're right. Right, McCheese, you're 100 right. He's like the only decent human being in this whole. But film. at the same time, like we texted about before, like there's no way he could have not known that Waylon was on the fucking ship. Like it's he's the captain, thin. he's flying yeah. the fucking Prometheus. Uh, like it, he has right. to know that there's a human it, it, with a whole like bunch of people yeah. squirreled away in a corner. So yeah, I mean he he gets his little rah-rah moment at the end, but it's like, yeah, I mean like that's the one time in the entire film you're like, oh, that guy's doing the right thing. Everybody else is a selfish prick. I, I like, like while you pick on while yeah. you pick on Firefly, I think like he is I, I like him. Like, he's the only one that, like, the second they get there, he's like, fuck no, I'm out. Like, can we leave now? But he's also a dick the first time you meet him. Yeah, it's not a lot of life. Apparently, space travel film. makes you a dick. <laughs> I mean, I'd be grumpy after a two-year uh, fucking pod nap. You had I'd, a two-year nap. You should be in I'd a great, great mood. I'd be... <laughs> mm. It seems like they all wake up with the worst hangover they've ever had. And you yeah. half puke, and then you get a good stretch on. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> have some mimosas and a big breakfast yeah, yeah. fuck yeah uh is there a protagonist is there like a person that is supposed like like i don't know i'm going back to like middle school english class here right like was a protagonist and an antagonist it's, like, it's is there a character be, that's like driving this movie for is it holloway it's, it's supposed Shaw? to be it's supposed to be Shaw, but it I'm I'm team. You, David, you don't you don't so. you don't. Re yeah, I mean, those are really the two. Those are the two people that are really trying to achieve a goal in the film. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Burns is too, but like he's like a, a third act twist. He's not really a character in the film. It's it's really about Shaw's trying to understand the genesis of humanity, and also deal with the fact that you know she's got a, a kind of rotten lot in life and then you've got david as an artificial being trying to understand why he exists and they're both basically those two characters are both trying to figure out the same thing for different reasons and they're like, supposed I don't wanna... to be the protagonists of the film but you because again they're not likable you don't really root for anybody so it's kind of all for not i don't want to shit on new talent in hollywood but she's not she does not do a good job. <laughs> yeah, and I new talent. Tell... This was a decade ago. 
Well, I just can't tell what I'm not relating it to nowadays stats, you jackass. I'm yeah. saying well, how many films how many films have you seen her in before Prometheus? Yeah, she, she was not going to be the star of the movie, and then Ridley Scott just grew like obsessed with the girl with the dragon tattoo. He yeah. but at, saw it at no point times. in time am I ever like, I really want her to win. So yeah, yeah. And I, I have no issue with that. that. I agree with that. I, I but blame I, the script. I don't blame her performance, Mucci's. Um Oh but no, I, no, she does a great job. It's just the way it's set up, I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not instinctively cheering for her. Yeah, she doesn't have like a really like rah-rah, like get behind her kind of vibe in the movie, and that's because of the script. But here, and T dubs, I want your opinion on this too. I would be really curious what Ridley Scott, Sir Ridley Scott's direction was for both her and for Vickers, for Shalice. Like uh, both those characters just their their performances at the time and the tone is just baffling to me. I'm like what are you trying to tell I us? I have here? no problem with with Newbie Rapace's performance. Uh, I don't think Vickers has enough to do, but her one big scene yeah. again was cut uh, or shortened yeah. when she's talking one, to her dad. But like, she's yeah. there to see him fail because he's such an insufferable piece of shit. He has been her whole life. She's no, there she to watch him, him fail. To die. Yeah, I mean, like, she, she makes that point. Die. She makes so that why, point clear. Like, so why I want you to die him? so I can take over. Because then she'll be charged with murder. No. It doesn't seem to be a problem in this because in this then she world. won't be charged with murder. Like yeah. all she wants is this mission to fail, and she's along for the ride to make sure she wants that, to witness that... his moment of abject failure. That's it. Yeah, she yeah. she wants it to fail. She wants him to be there for it. She's and she's like, if he's gonna go do this, I'm not gonna sit back and run your shit while you go do your thing and then just die off in space. I'm going to yeah. be there for it. Like Now, see, I'll just say this. It would make more sense if she was the one pulling David's strings and was trying to sabotage the mission. Because, if because again, she's not proactively trying to achieve that goal. She's just along for the ride hoping he fails. Yes. That seems like a, that seems like a bit I mean, of a... It's pretty obvious he's going to fail. Only an idiot would think this is going to work. Well, right. everyone is an but idiot. But then it does. Everyone, everyone thinks... <laughs> it doesn't. I, whatever. Okay. But yeah, but that but again, that doesn't make her a protagonist at all. Like, no, not at all. No, it doesn't create. It doesn't make her I the think, one driving the for, the story forward. I think no. that's the point of the movie. Like, there there aren't questions for every, or there aren't answers for every question. And in real life, there isn't just good guys and bad guys, and everything is black and white. Like, for sure. And I will yeah. say, from, from a writing standpoint, it is creative it is i don't know if it's unique i don't know if it's never been done before but the fact that like there doesn't appear to be a single character driving this story forward well no it's that's clear, ambitious it's clearly uh shaw like that's what it's supposed to be right? i mean finally but not until holloway dies but I, I, I agreed but like if you're just doing an academic like all of our personal opinions on the franchise bullshit aside it's her movie. It's her, the pregnancy thing, the C-section, the end. It's her journey. And there's just, there's some, there's some like little, you know, interludes along the way, but it's her journey. So academically, she's the protagonist. It's just not very satisfying. Yeah, it certainly, and it certainly ends that way. And that brings us to our last question. Uh, this is one we've been adding in since I think Rollerball. Um, and that is, did you have any... Holy shit. I can't believe they just did that moments in this film. Hiring yeah. Guy Pierce to play a 
97-year-old man. When but that gonna... makes sense when you see the cut. Shit. I know, but like they cut it. So but it's like, I mean, it they didn't even sense. credit him in it. Like he's not even in the credits as being yeah. way. He has a 20-minute monologue lopped. If you're gonna cast Max von Sydow, which is what they were gonna do, just cast someone young that looks like him to do all this other shit that nobody ever watched. Like I went out of my way to watch the TED talk and all the deleted scenes, but like hardly anybody saw that stuff. So what does it matter if it's Guy Pierce and Guy Pierce and in heavy prosthetics? No, there there yeah. is no holy shit moment. Honestly. No, I'm sorry. There is one holy shit moment, but geez, come on. I will crack a beer for this. That C-section scene was gnarly. Like, uh, that was... Yeah, that was pretty much it. I was not expecting that. When that happened, I was like, god damn. That it, was intense. I mean, so what was more uncomfortable to watch? The uh, arm being snapped by the penis snake attack or the uh, C-section? That's staples C- c-section gross, staples man. oh man i had also, such a harder time with penis snake honestly no. when the uh, when the placenta bursts onto her mm-hmm. yeah like, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you how they did that i have that trivia i've watched two c-sections in person i've i've been there i i have gotten people on my foot during it that eh, not that big of well, a deal. how many of them involved a squid alien monster just that first one just the one <laughs> it's actually yeah just the first one good thing your children don't listen to the pod that's good no but <laughs> oh no, oh, no. they weren't my kids if if i die young and they go back just to hear my voice and this is what they hear it's gonna be super bad <laughs> it could be worse yeah it no, could be much much worse so that uh, so the alien in the sack is actually in a condom and yeah. they did that on purpose, and it was filled with blood and you know, viscera, so they could pop it in front of what's her face without her knowing, and then it just splashes all over. Oh, it, it's God. it's a, he the body horror stuff in this man. I will tell you, really, Scott <laughs> is the king of Ooh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. He's such oh a goodness. cheeky little Brit. You never know what he's gonna do. Pop a but- condom full of ooze on you. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's how you get knighted. Yeah, and just again, that's one of the parallels, or like you know, I don't know what you call that references to the franchise that really works for me in the movie. There's so much stuff about you know the chest bursters and like stuff being inside of people, and like that was like a new twist on it to have like that you know something removed before it could kill her. You know, I think I just like the fact that uh, you know the face huggers deposit whatever down your throat so that comes out of of your chest right it bursts through your sternum rib cage etc she had holloway's black goo inserted to her from the other end in her womb yeah which means it came out of her tum tum and uh that was the nice little attention to detail your little chef's kiss on the end of that one yeah no she was like legit pregnant i was gonna shit weasel its way out i'm pretty sure and gentlemen, that brings us into our second break. Uh, we're going to go refresh our beers while you listen to a little bit from our friends over at Wobam Entertainment, the Double Turn Podcast. Uh, J-Man, take it away. We'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, everyone, it's the J-Man, and I'm the host of the Double Turn Podcast. 
Every month, myself and a featured guest bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in the industry, or taking a look back at some of the greatest matches and moments in history. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And give us a follow on Twitter at TDT Wrestling Pod and on Instagram at The Double Turn Podcast. And don't forget to check out our home base at wabamentertainment.com for all your comic book and movie needs. And check out our sister podcast, Hops and Box Office Flops. Enjoy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. And welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops with Mayor McCheese's trivia for this fantastic Prometheus movie. Only done to torture the Captain Cash. All right. Um... I don't have any chime-ins. You guys do whatever you want. It's not a big deal. We were going to go through this fairly quickly. Question number one. What is the name of the vagina snake or the dick snake or whatever you guys are calling it? A, is it Deacon? B, is it Trilobite? C, is it Hammerpede? Or D, is it Big Chap? We were so wrong. Small beginnings. I think that is Chumpzilla. Hammerpede. It is Hammerpede. That is one for Chumpy. Yes. Do you think that's what Ridley Scott calls his penis? A hundred percent. The hammer. All of those. Uh, well, the all of those peed. are alien names. His penis is Sir Hammerpeed because Sir Hammerpeed. also knighted. <laughs> he is it's also, also been knighted. Yeah. Now, do you think? Do you think it was a separate knighting ceremony, or yeah, was yeah, it yeah. like it, like it's all encompassing for one knighthood? No, it's two ceremonies. You know, they use those little sandwich skewer swords. Yeah, tiny swords. swords. Oh, little tiny, tiny swords. swords. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you have the shoulder one with the sword out front, and then and then the the tiny cocktail sword uh, yeah. dick knighting. That, that's, that's Why do you think it's called a cocktail sword? He's got a oh, right. When you're right, right, you're right. Hey, question number two. Which of these was not, not a working title for the film? A, Paradise. B, Alien colon tomb of the gods c alien colon engineers or d magellan i'm gonna shoot uh, yeah i know that's bling blake i'm gonna go with uh c the alien colon the one that wasn't tomb of the gods that that is incorrect ponytails cocktails ponytails cocktails t-dubs is a, a, a paradise that is incorrect the trick, William Potter, is not minding that it hurts. <laughs> God damn it. Captain Cash, what is your answer? The Tomb of the Gods. <laughs> that is incorrect. Oh, we managed to get them all wrong. No one wins. Well, uh, I, mean, I, I think I... Uh, what's my remaining answer, Mayor Your Jesus? remaining answer is, is D. <laughs> uh, I think you get half points for that. We were so wrong! Uh, it's, it's D, Magellan. I... Uh, I By process of elimination, I thought, popsicles. Uh, I thought Paradise was the was the alternate title for Covenant. No, well, be... so here, hold on. There's bonus questions here. There are three more alternate titles. Can any of you guess them? Oh no! Uh, God, I used to know this. Um, All right, there. There is also on the Magellan comment. The Magellan again. was a different uh, term for something Pre-alien. in the movie. Do you know what that is? The Magellan was the name of something else in the movie? The Puffs? Nope. The oh. Ship. It is the Ship. Ah, it's kind of low-hanging so, fruit. 
uh, T-Dubs, I think, so Paradise was an alternate name. So was Alien Colon Paradise at one point. And <laughs> the list continues. Uh, at one point, we also had Alien Colon Origin, Alien Colon Genesis, and just LV-426. Those were all working titles for the film. Yeah. One to one to one, not including uh, T-Dubs. Question number three. Yeah. <clears throat> Prometheus is the Greek god of fire. He got in some trouble uh, for stealing the fire and giving it you know, to humans, etc., etc. That's all well and good, but there is a Greek god of beer. What is the Greek god of beer? A, is it... This is going to be tough to pronounce. Uh, is <laughs> it eager... Is it B, Nephthys? Is it C, Silius? Or is it D, Bacchus? Parts and charts. Uh, that is Captain Cash. Bacchus. Mm, that is incorrect. Ooh, I'm going to shoot. Bling Blake. Uh, the Silius the one. That is correct. Yeah, beer makes you silly. Like and like a it's like a silly grain thing like celiacs right. Well, well I so that, actually, all of those was... are gods of beer in different cultures. So ah. A is uh, the Ager is Norse, and the hmm. Nephthir or whatever is Egyptian, and the Bacchus is Roman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you the were Greek... close. You were right there. It's like Dionysus kind of thing. Yeah, Dionysus yeah. is the Greek one. Yeah. I mean, Dionysus apparently is like the counterpart for what you uh, answered, and they are more, both gods wine. of partying, but... Yeah. Um, I figured Ceres was going to show up. I thought yeah. that was a, a green one. Anyway. Yeah, whenever they so, enter the room, it's like... <laughs> burr, 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 burr. Burr, 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 burr. Let's get our fucking rage on. Shot, so, shot, shot. Question number four. All right, now we're at uh, Bling Blake has two uh captain cash has one and well t Dubs has zero and chumpzilla has one michael well hung fastbender studied several previously ai heavy movies to prep for this he also studied a famous athlete to uh kind of get the physicality of david which is this famous athlete i'll, I'll just take a, it from here it was bicentennial man oh we're talking about the athlete <laughs> <laughs> I prefer AI. Haley Joel Osment for life. Is it A, Greg Luganus? Is it B, Michael Phelps? Is it C, Steve Prefontaine? Or is it D, Caitlyn Jenner? Ponytails, cocktails. T dubs. It was Greg Luganus. It is Greg Luganus. He's got good. Why? Posture. I don't the, know why. The diver? Doesn't really get into it too much as I, much I don't as know. The... probably because of the way he yeah. Like so, deliberate po- uh, deliberate approach to things. The, I think it was probably the just AIDS. being personal and all this motion. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> so right now we're at Bling Blake has uh, actually two. hold on. I think it makes sense because you know Greg Luganus was famous for suffering a head injury, oh, which gosh. would explain a lot of uh, David's actions in the movie. Had he been concussed and suffered a head injury, right now Bling Blake is at two, and the rest of you are at one. So. Damn. On this last question, it could get dicey. All right. <clears throat> oh, this is my favorite. So this is not related to any of the alien properties, etc. Uh, but I saw this recently and chuckled. 
apparently, what movie scene did Roger Ebert laugh so hard at that he, quote unquote, embarrassed himself in the theater? A, is it the pretty bird? Harry, I took care of it scene from Dumb and Dumber. Is it the B, nudie magazine day from Billy Madison? Or no, sorry, that was B. Uh, is it C, Tommy likes wingies from Tommy Boy? Or is it D, oh, you really shook something loose there, champ, from Kingpin? Ponytails, cocktails. T-dubs. <laughs> I'm going with D. You're going with, you really shook something loose there, champ? What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, it is not. It is not D. Farts and tarts. Oh, Chumzilla. It is, in fact, A. And I know that 100%. It is, in fact, A. <laughs> I thought he hated that movie. I know he hates Billy Madison, so I knew that wasn't apparently, it. Apparently, I know he hated Tommy Boy, so. Apparently, he was very upset that he found the Harry. I took care of it scene <laughs> so entertaining in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> uh little little side note here. I have a, a friend of mine that uh has a, a fishing program and he's trying to do some work with Jeff Daniels. And uh apparently his publicist, Jeff Daniels publicist told told my buddy, like, hey, listen, like when you meet with Jeff, don't bring up Dumb and Dumber. Not <laughs> not not a topic that he wants to discuss. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so uh, Bling apparently Blake he regrets and, that role. Bling Blake and Chumpzilla, you guys are 50-50 on this week's trivia. I forgot to mention at the beginning, uh, the only thing I have to give away is that like somewhat exploding engineer's head. Like it's right, it's about to be a nice. situation. Ooh, so hey, I don't we'll know how you guys this. want to split that, but you should figure it out before I put it in the mail. That concludes our quiz. Uh, obviously, Chumpzilla and I are the big winners here of half of an exploded head each. Uh, that brings us to recommendations. Mary McCheese, what do you have on tap for us? Oh, you guys know I don't consume anything. Um, Other than booze. My wife is watching uh, Night Agent or something on Netflix, which is apparently pretty good. Other the Night that, Manager? Now, no, not nightmare. It's some sort of yeah. It's night agent. My parents yeah. like it. Yeah. 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 No, I got other than that. No, I'm good. I literally, basically, just hang out with my kids and work. I got. I don't consume any new media. Sorry. That's okay. Captain Cash, what do you have for us? Uh, I picked up the trade paperback of Do a Power Bomb, which is a wrestling comic. Uh, it's really, really great. There are about four or five really big wham shots in the comic. Um, I'd love to tell you it's about wrestling. It is about wrestling, but it's also sort of about grief. Uh, definitely worth checking out. I don't want to tell you too much more than that because it's one of those comments that I th think works better if you just kind of go in and take it for what it is. All right. Good enough. Thank you very much. Thunderous Wizard, what do you have for us? Okay, I have two. Uh, so Logan Marshall Green sucks in this movie. But he's in another movie with a sentient AI gone rogue called Upgrade, where he is in an accident uh, and his spinal cord is severed and, and he gets this AI that repairs his spinal cord and essentially leads him on a murderous rampage. It's great. Definitely check out Upgrade. And then last night I finally saw Plane. 
the movie about a plane. It's all things plane, and it's incredible. Jerry Butler fighting terrorists in the middle of the Philippines. Check out plane. It's about a plane. A plane on it. <laughs> plane. Plane. Chumpy, what do you got for us, brother? Okay, uh, my recommendation this week is Jonah Hill's directorial debut, mid-90s. It's on uh, Tubi. Of, of course, it's free on Tubi. Uh, money, money, a, money, 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 money. Yeah, Tubi, hook us up. But no, it's a uh, coming-of-age skateboarding-centric movie set in, you guessed it, the mid-90s. Um, it's like a soft R version of the actual mid-90s movie Kids. Um, and it's got just enough heart and nostalgia to keep the oldest millennials entertained. So yeah, check it out. It's 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 a decent little movie. And again, it's, it's kind of cool to see Jonah Hill uh, write and direct this thing. Awesome. I could I concur. It's a it's a good movie. Yeah, it's got it's got heart. I don't think he really sticks the ending, but you know whatever. That's all right. Uh, not bad for a debut, and definitely yeah. worth checking out. Jonah Hill is a very very funny man, um, and interestingly enough, apparently his sense of humor. Uh, is what made Kanye come back around on the Jews. So uh, good job there, Jonah Hill. A lot of pressure for you to stay funny, buddy. Um, I guess if wow. you if your comedy goes downhill, Kanye is back on the not liking uh, the chosen people. I'm happy to hear that you guys all picked non sequiturs for this movie because mine is also not related to uh, Prometheus in the slightest. Uh but I did catch uh, a recommendation that T-Dubs had the other day, which is The Fablements. Uh, really enjoyed that one. Um, highly recommend you guys check that one. I just want to echo T-Dubs sentiments from a few weeks ago. Uh, but also this week, I caught a movie called A Man Called Otto, uh, which stars Tom Hanks. It's an adaptation of a Swedish novel by Frederick Backman. Um, and it deals with some pretty heavy themes while simultaneously being really funny and heartwarming. Um, it's a, a fun turn for Tom Hanks because he plays a, an old curmudgeon, um, which is kind of funny to see him in that role since he's, you know, like America's dad. But um, yeah, Hanks definitely continues to cement his place as one of the all-time greats. I very much enjoyed it. And you can rent it on demand across all platforms for $5.99. So check out A Man Called Otto. Um, I really enjoyed it. Remember, listeners, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find The Thunderous Wizard on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash is at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social medias. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. And McCheese can be found at HBOF McCheese on Twitter when he is not off somewhere twiddling himself. And I can be found at Bling Blake on Twitter. Don't forget to check out Wobam Entertainment at wobamentertainment.com for all things cool. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And please connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes or just to let us know how you feel about the last one you listened to. In the, in the end, listeners, remember one thing. If you want to boil the essence of science in a Ridley Scott's world down to one thing, it's this. 
and we said it a few times. Fuck around and find out. Nuke the moon! (laughs) We will see you next week for our final installment of Hops and Xenomorph Flops with Alien Covenant.